We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by M-Prize Bank. Up next, the latest on the K-State Wildcats from the guys of Three Maw, John Kurtz, Derek Young, and Cole Manbeck, who will get you caught up on all things Wildcats from a collective perspective that can't be found anywhere else. The latest news, the top stories, and an insider perspective to keep you in the know. Three Maw is proudly presented by 360 Vodka. And now, let's begin the show. Hello and welcome into another Three Maw. I am John Kurtz, joined by just Derek Young today. Uh, no Cole Manbeck because he decided to ditch the pod to go to Maui for a 10-year anniversary trip with his wife. I don't know that I've ever been so offended in my life that he would uh, miss out on a podcast for such a frivolous adventure like that and then send me Snapchats of uh, shirtless men dancing around at a luau, but that's the situation that we're in, people. So uh, here we are, Derek and I, doing the heavy lifting here today. Uh, so is Holiday Distillery. You guys know all about them. Get your 360 vodka, get your Ben Holiday bottled in Bond bourbon. Whatever your spirit of choice is, they've got you covered there. Great way to celebrate the cats, enjoy your summer, take it out on the boat with you, um, whatever it is that you're going to be doing this summer. And as I say that, I realize Cole is my friend with a boat, so maybe I should start being a little bit nicer to him so that he will take us out on the boat with uh, some Ben Holiday bottled and bond bourbon uh, here before too long. But support those who support us. Holiday Distillery, great folks, great K-State people out there. And they help bring you this pod each and every week. So, D.Y., I've gotten a... I feel like we had a little bit of Twitter heat, like people are wanting us to talk about basketball recruiting, what's going on in the portal right now. Feels kind of like last year in some ways where yes it's on a different level than things were last year um but people are kind of antsy everybody's kind of antsy right now uh we love tyler perry thank you to him by the way for joining the podcast here recently but love that get it's just like hey you've still got three scholarships open you've still got three spots open and visits continue to be scheduled and then kind of fall through and who's still left. And now you're down to like grad transfers in the portal. I know Ernest Sude from Kansas is going to be a big piece of the discussion here in just a minute. But I don't know, let's just start with the the overall situation here and some of the antsiness that people are feeling about uh, where, where the roster is at and uh, what the staff's plan is right now. I mean, I understand the angst to a point, but there will be players. I, I think folks just assume that the transfer portal is pretty static and 
that it's not going to continue to have guys trickle into it. I, I realize right now that the the amount of talent in it is draining a little bit, and there's not you know a ton of a, available targets worthy of Kansas State's consideration still left on the board, so to speak. But uh, time is not still. Uh, there will be there will be points in the future where we'll probably hear some more uh, graduate transfers. You know, that they can enter at any moment. Uh, we saw that last year when Kansas State added guys. You know, throughout the summer, um, even at this point, you know, they didn't have Keontae Johnson. They didn't have Desi Sills. I, I don't think they had Tyke Green. They don't think they had Bebe. Like uh, I think Cam Carter, Jarrell Colbert, and Naquan Tomlin were probably the newcomers that had already committed at this point. So. What I will say is I understand the angst. I think that's a, probably a pretty natural emotion to have when you're composing, trying to build and, and compose the roster and you're excited to really build off of what was accomplished last year by by these same Kansas State coaches. So um, I don't know how it's all going to come together. You don't know how it's all co- going to come together. But, you know, I've counted out the staff probably – more times than I'd like to admit in the past year, and each time they come out smell like roses. So I've, at this point, I've learned my lesson and know that they're probably going to figure out something, and it's going to be worthy of you know uh, of a roster that that did the same things as last year, or even perhaps better. Yeah, I think you know I have a, I have a lot of thoughts that bounce around. I mean, the the prevailing thought to me is that yes, I trust this staff immensely, and I I think they have earned certainly the benefit of the doubt that they will they will figure something out and be a good competitive basketball team. Uh, now, to me, it's like de- define what that is because you said they're dy like hey they'll figure it out and have a team that's going to be capable of doing what they did last year or perhaps better. I think that's where I'm like a little a little conflicted about it. I have no doubt that they're going to put together a tournament team. I have no doubt that they're going to put together a team that should be able to compete in the top like four or five of the Big 12 um, and not be some like massive step back this year. I mean, I, I think what they already have right now, like Naquan Tomlin, Tyler Perry, um, is like those two leading the charge. We could have a debate about, you know, how that compares to Keontae and Marquise from last year. But I don't know. It felt like they... They still need, to me, it feels like they still would need one more big piece, whether that's going to be Keontae returning, whether that's going to, whether that would be Ernest Uday coming in the portal, uh, whether that was, you know, had to be Max Acemas, uh coming out there in the backcourt. It, it feels to me like if they are going to be as good as they were last year to like really legitimately compete for a Big 12 championship and be capable of a Final Four run, I don't, I think they need another bigger piece. But again, I mean, I love, respect, and trust the coaching staff. I would love to be proven totally wrong on that. But right now, it feels like, the, to me, the difference is like, is this going to be a good team, or is this going to be a very good to great team, uh, more along the lines of what they had last year? And and that's where some of my antsiness is. Now, whole other conversation is like, hey, man, can you legitimately expect that after one year, <laughs> after these guys, just because they set the bar so damn high last year? Totally understand. But I think... You know, Jerome Tang has come in and said expect to win and all they raised the expectations. And so a lot of us are kind of in that in that sort of position because he he led us there. Yep. It's a lot to ask, and it's probably a fair ask at this point because they did set the bar so high and they want the bar this high to their credit. Um I think they would probably agree with maybe the one more piece thing. If you put a you know, put them on a lie detector test, they would probably feel the same way. I would argue if you do that one more piece thing I would argue that would exceed last year's roster to be quite honest because then you have three really you know 
players that are you know under the microscope are really really fantastic basketball players then because you're adding another piece to what Tyler Perry and Aquan Thomas will already give you that I think that's where I kind of fall to is that you had two of the three best players in in the Big 12 last year um and Marquise Noel and Keontae Johnson but you probably didn't feel that way on May 17th or at May 17th they have Tyler Perry and they have Naquan Tomlin. My argument would be that's true. Two of the maybe 10 best players in the big 12 going into next season. That would be my rough estimate. And that's pretty good. If you had a third piece that you're asking, I think, I don't think they had three in the top 10 last year, or three in the top 15. I don't think they were there. So if they add like that third piece, like you're inferring, I think it would exceed last year's roster. So I just don't think they're that far away. Um, even though it probably feels that way for a fan that is, just expecting splash after splash because they thought they were going to capitalize on all this momentum. And I would still argue they're still doing that. You gotta, you gotta remember they're in the conversation with multiple five stars in the 2025 class. Um, they're in the conversation with Patrick and Gogba in the 2024 class uh, out of Virginia and going up against the likes of, you know, Indiana and Notre Dame and, and countless other schools that are probably end up getting involved, um, which could range from UConn to UCLA and, and Kansas State's right, right there. Because of that recruiting momentum, they landed David Castillo. Remember, we had a podcast over that. So I I think it's understandable the fans would feel the way that they do right now. But I also think it's important to know what they've still accomplished, not just in last year's tournament, but in the recruiting after it. They've still done some things well. And, and I just go back to, I think something being counted out, because I know he made people pull their hair out at times last year is that it is not out of the question that Naquan Tomlin's one of the three or four best players in the Big 12 next year. That kind of leap um, I think is very realistic from him. Maybe top two. I He really has that kind of ceiling and, and a whole off season um, doing what he's supposed to be doing. Um, another off season in the program, you know, another year of organized basketball. I think sky's the limit for what he can do at the college level next year. And Tyler Berry, whether he's one of the top five, top 10 players in the Big 12, people can argue on that, but he's probably a top five shot maker in the Big 12 next year, and I don't think anyone would debate that. Yeah, I guess, you know, there was a lot of debate about, at least I can remember one point late in the season there, like, hey, will, will K-State ever have two All-Americans again? Or, you know, how rare is it? I guess it's more rare, rare is it that K-State would have two All-Americans again like they did with Keontae and Marquise. So I don't know. It's just it's hard for me to say, hey, I think, going to get both of those guys, Nick Tomlin and Tyler Perry, to be on that level. So, you know, add a third All-Big 12 caliber sort of player there, and now maybe we're talking, at least as far as this roster goes. I'll also address, I mean, to say that they haven't capitalized on the momentum, I think would be a gross, gross overstatement because, yeah, I mean, I, I think they have 100% capitalized on the momentum to get Perry, uh, to get Castillo, to be in the positions that they're in with guys in like 24 and 25 and the updates that we hear about some of the, like, they're doing it, and they're getting in conversations and getting in rooms that, I mean, case they would have had no prayer of getting into over the last couple of years. So, I mean, it's obvious that they, and once again, that's where you have to remind people, like, it's been one year, and they're already in these sorts of conversations. Um, however, they, they still do have to put the actual tangible results out there on the floor. And two things I will say about that. Yes, I'm with you. Like, Nate Tomlin clearly has that potential. I mean, he's probably got the potential to be the best player Right. If we're talking about him tapping out at his his ultimate, his his top tier potential, that is probably there. It's just I don't know. I need to see it. I, I do need to see it before 
I will 100% believe that. They they got Marquise Noel to an elite level. But Marquise Noel also, like we know now, looking back on it, like has an un- incredible work ethic, like just insane work ethic. And I'm not saying that Naquan Tomlin doesn't have that. I just don't. We have not seen him go to work like Marquise Noel did, who was just crazy um, with his sort of work ethic that he had. And maybe, you know, one other thing I guess we can throw in here is they do have a much better incoming freshman class uh, this year than they did last year. And so, you know, we're, we're kind of writing off, I guess, Day-Day and RJ um, and, and McCaleb, the three incoming high school recruits. Maybe one of those guys really pops and turns into like a fringe all-big 12-level sort of player because they are, you know, just a much higher pedigree of recruit that's coming in. So that's that's another thing that maybe is giving the staff a little bit more confidence in the roster than some of the fans. Yeah, two things I would say is I, I think we saw enough flashes in Nick Juan Tomlin last year that I feel that way already. I feel comfortable with him being one of the best players in the Big 12 next year. I, I saw enough flashes, um, especially with what an offseason can do in terms of having that drive to really get there, you know, maybe having a taste of the NBA, you know, the process that he's enduring right now is probably a good motivator of sorts. Secondly, that was my other point. We could say, man, they need two or three dudes like they had last year. I'd argue that they have two right now with Perry and Tomlin, even if they're not top two, top three like Noella Johnson were. But at the same time, they got a better supporting cast. Like you said, they got a better freshman class. They got Taj Mini coming off a red shirt, and they really, really like him. They have Jarrell Court coming off a red shirt. And, yeah, he's got some work to do, but he can really be a good basketball player as well. We can't just pretend like Cam Carter is go- and David Gasson and Jarrell Colbert and Taj Meaning are going to be exactly what they were last year. They they should be taking leaps forward as well. So there's an argument that, well, they will have the same top two, well, that whatever the top is, they'll have a better supporting cast. It's definitely going to look a lot different, right? Like it, it will not be, I mean, last year was so heavily reliant on two players and th- this should be, and that's not, you know, that's what we know and we saw it be so successful and we were all very like emotionally attached to that team. But there is a process here and probably needing to remove ourselves from that because Baylor, Baylor was not, you know, I mean, those great teams that Jerome Tang was a part of at Baylor, they were not dominated by two players and then kind of the rest of the gang just filling in wherever. Like they had a lot of guys in a lot of places and a lot of depth. Uh, so I think that's that's the ultimate goal for what this thing is going to look like. And they're getting there. I mean, that's, Again, I try to preach to myself like some internal patience because, yeah, Castillo's coming. Uh, they, they're already like the guys that we're seeing them being mentioned with in the high school ranks in 24 and 25 or maybe like, you know, having to bust out a $2 million NIL bag is not going to be as necessary to get dudes like that into the program as it is in the portal right now where you're fighting some battles there. Um, I just see over the next couple of years them definitely developing a much deeper and more talented roster. Like, it's coming. It's just this this year is what, you know, everybody's obviously hyper-focused on this year. And the portal has turned it into much more of, like, everybody having more realistic expectations of just reloading every single year. So I think that whole dichotomy and that kind of struggle for the fan base is at play there, too. Yeah, if I, if I was going to make, like, a, I don't even know how bold it is, but a bold prediction, I would say the difference between this past season and next season or this upcoming season, however you want to phrase it, is that the, the upcoming one, the roster, I think maybe it's not going to be as good one through two, but it might probably will be better one through 10, one through 11, one through 12, one through 13. I think that that's probably uh, a conclusion that you could probably come to already. And I feel good about it. Yeah, I would agree. Okay. So as far as specific targets go and where K-State turns in the portal for the rest of the year, 
Uh, let's take a break and we'll come back and discuss that, starting with Ernest Dude, the transfer from the University of Kansas. That's next. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. So some pretty big news that we saw at DUI was that Ernest Duda, who's transferring from Kansas in the wake of Hunter Dickinson uh, coming in for that massive NIL bag, uh, he is visiting Duke, but he also has plans, at least after the dead period, to visit K-State and TCU. The skepticism there is whether or not he actually makes it to the latter two of those visits, because obviously Duke is the heavy hitter there. But I mean, it seemed like the thought was he was leaving Kansas because of playing time. How much playing time would really be there at Duke? I think is one of the questions that probably needs to be discussed here. Obviously, NIL would come into play with a guy as as talented as this. Um, But where do you, let me just frame it to you like this, how realistic is it that one, K-State even gets that visit, and two, that that K-State would be a major player here in in his recruitment? Well, I think they would be a major player if he got through that dead period without committing it and took that visit to Manhattan. I think that would be a sign of that. Um, that he's heavily considering Kansas State, and maybe is, was, however you want to phrase it. But at this point, um, and speaking to, you know, different folks, I think Duke's going to be the pick. And smart people that kind of know what's going on there don't think he ends up visiting either one of Kansas State or TCU. Uh, So why, I don't know, it just... I guess I understand why, but it feels like some of these recruitments, it's like, why Why do they even line up like all these other visits? I mean, you know, if something is going to fall through, it's just, it's frustrating when we've seen this happen before where it feels like, you know, a guy's lining up with the visits and like the first one is where they're obviously going to wind up going. The other thing with Duke D.Y. is like, I don't, what what is the actual playing time situation there like for him? Because that would seem to be pretty important here. I assume this wouldn't just be all about money and Duke being able to throw a bunch more money at him. Yeah, I mean, I understand the whole money aspect. 
especially in association with the transfer portal. But I, w- I would assume in most cases, not all, there's going to be a multitude of factors and, and playing time is certainly one of them. That's why Uday said peace out to KU, right? So because they have KJMs coming back. They just got Hunter Dickinson. But at Duke, you know, they have a really good incoming class. I think it's like four or five stars. And, and obviously Kyle Filipowski chose to come back. But he probably is going to play the four. Just um, I think he did that this past year. And Uday can probably start. Now, maybe he's not a central part of what they're going to do from an offensive standpoint or defensive standpoint. Um, that's a better question for John Shire, the head coach. But it would, but I, I kind of understand it. Um, there's probably more navigation there in terms of roster talent. Obviously, the way Duke recruits 1 through 13 to navigate. And he'll have guys that he really has to beat out. But I, I still think that uh, he would not start at Kansas, but I think he would start at Duke. Because if they were searching for any particular starting spot, it was the five. What would you say to people who have those NIL concerns? Because like just today, I was seeing a lot of discussion out there among the fan base about where that's at, where K-State sits. And is this a part of the reason that K-State has not been as successful in the portal as most would have wanted them to be? I don't, I don't think Kansas State is... You know, the transfer portal NIL will, will come into play a lot more than any other part of recruiting. And I will, what I will say is, is like you're probably more apt to be more competitive with battles like the one that you engaged with um, Tyler Perry. Um, that's probably more of a wheelhouse, um, just having those deeper connections, just because those relationships and ties can overcome any deficit that there might be in NIL. I don't think that there's always a deficit, though. I think chalking up every loss as a product of NIL is kind of a little bit of a loser mentality. It doesn't have to be that. Um, and I don't think the Kansas State coaches view it that way. Um, I, I think that they're probably not as resource plentiful as some of the other programs, um, even maybe some peer programs. Like there's some that really have established quite a war chest um, that are probably what some would want to consider a peer program to Kansas State. I'll tell you, I just saw Texas Tech's giving their entire baseball team five-figure scholarships today. So Yeah, so I would say Texas Tech comes to mind. And I think Kansas State probably needs to look at themselves in the mirror a little bit and come along a little bit further when it comes to that, um, just so they don't, you know, establish a gap so wide between them and Texas Tech. I think they need to be competitive. Um but I don't think they're in danger of being lapped or anything. I just think that they they probably have a little bit of work to do. But guess what? With when it comes to the transfer portal at NIL, that's also the reason why Kansas State is able to and what we've seen have been more competitive on the high school recruiting front when it comes to both football and basketball. Because with all the money going towards NIL, it means it's less impactful on the high school recruiting front. So you just put in your due diligence and really do the work. You can really attract talent that way. Now you have to keep it. So there's three, and and I knew the folks actually on the the national side of on three have really covered it well. But there's really like three nil coffers, and there there's probably not even fifteen or twenty programs that can take advantage of all three. You, you kind of got to pick your lane. One is, do you use it to recruit the high school route? Two is, do you use it to keep your roster intact from letting guys enter the transfer portal? 
And three, do you use it to use it on guys you want from the transfer portal? Um, you know, there's there's not a whole lot of teams, programs, schools out there that can use it all three ways. You kind of got to be strategic in how you want to do it, but also having, you know, the kind of locker room, coaching staff, player relationship goes a long way in, in keeping guys intact too. Um, we've seen it this past year on both for, you know, since we cover these two, football and basketball, they're not, they're losing the guys that they are okay with losing. I've got I've got two solutions here, DY. All right, two solutions on how K State can uh, can step up their game. One, can we find a way to tie NIL to like a nice conference center that we place on campus so that we can get fifty million dollars from state taxpayers? That would be number one. We could do that. That'd be great. Uh, number two would be if someone could just get me get me in contact, put me in a room with Paul Edgerly. All right, let me talk to the man. I think I could figure it out, DY. Like I, you know. I'm a pretty persuasive guy. I think we could, uh, you know, we could get some of the uh, some of the money flowing out of there. You know, just a little drop in the bucket, and it would make K-State a, a major, major player here. So that's my two-pronged plan as to how uh, K-State can get around this problem and spend like nobody else in uh, in the portal or wherever else. What I will say is I don't think there's a tremendous gap to bridge. There is a gap to bridge, not a tremendous one. And some of it has to be, uh, you know, school too. I mean, there has to be a little bit more. The two sides have to coalesce a little bit. I don't, I think one of the sometimes detractors can be that, you know, they might see it as a competition to the Ahern Fund. And I think those two need to work in tandem a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, you know, especially if you're like, if you're a KSO subscriber and you've seen some of that conversation and we, we talked to Curry Sexton here on the pod too, um, about just the overall situation with some of that. So yeah. But it's good to hear that it's not like some DEFCON 5 sort of situation right now. And to tie it all back together and kind of in this portion of the conversation, the the fact that they are doing well in the high school recruiting ranks, especially on the like the basketball front, that gives me, you know, because we're having this basketball-centric discussion, that I think is where the money's really going to be made. Tang, clearly when NIL becomes a little bit less of a factor, it's just going to be a monster uh, with high school recruiting, and that's going to help you build uh, very sturdy rosters and hopefully, hopefully would not have to uh, deal with as much in the portal then moving forward after that. Okay, Ray J. Dennis has been another hot name guard transfer from Toledo that was long thought to be like an Illinois lean, but we, we haven't really seen a lot of movement on that front. I mean, at one point, Trilly Donovan, who you should all be following on Twitter. I mean, if you want, like, I say that half jokingly, but like if you want legit news on where people are going in the portal, that guy has not been wrong very much. Uh, he was suggesting K State was going to get a visit at one point in time there, but it it has not happened. Where do you where do you think things stand on K State and Ray J Dennis? You know, I I probably can't say one way or another if Kansas State will get a visit or not. I think he's boy visiting now Baylor, Michigan, Illinois, Utah. Um, all signs continue to point to Illinois. Wait, wait, wait. He visited Utah. Sounds like it. That's what it like just before or oh, like shit. yesterday or the day before. I think. Um, would have been what Monday, Tuesday ish. I think. I think. Not even. Do they play basketball? Yeah, man. I, hey, man. I'm just giving you the news. <laughs> don't don't kill the messenger. But okay. technically, you know, he could take more trips. Willie, I don't know. The one thing to note: it's May 17th as we're recording this. I don't know when you're going to be listening to it, but there's another dead period. Which, you know, there's a part of me that thinks. Having dead period in the transfer portal cycle just randomly in the month of May is very strange to me. There is another dead period. 
that's randomly eight days long, May 18th to May 26th. So um, there'll be a lull in visits for everyone at that point. That is a weird one. I kind of thought the same thing. Like, what what are we doing that for? I, I, don't, I don't know if it's for the NBA process. I don't know. It's kind yeah. of silly. Yeah, maybe so. Okay, well, uh, speaking of that, we are going to get to Keontae and Marquise, both of them, and their, their NBA prospects here. But Damian Collins is the one other name that had been thrown around quite a bit. Kentucky transfer, unbelievably talented, insane athlete, but it not produced much at all through two uh, unfortunately for him, kind of tragedy-ridden a uh, couple of years where he dealt with a lot of personal personal stuff that would be tough for anybody to deal with. But another one where it seemed like K-State had a visit, then the visit got canceled. What do we know about that, and is K-State totally out on the Damian Collins thing? I would say that they're not connected anymore, and I think it's, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't know the details, but I think K-State has pivoted away more than anything. Okay. All right, with that, uh, we'll step aside. When we come back, Keontae Johnson talked to Andy Katz, said the plan is to stay in the draft, I, I guess, presumably as long as he is medically cleared, which does not seem to be a certainty as of right now. So we'll talk about Keontae, where that sits, and then our Marquise Noel balling out of the G League Combine but not getting an invite to the NBA Combine. You're listening to KC Sports Network. We'll be right back after this. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. All right, so let's start with this tweet uh, here from Andy Katz. Trying to, is he with the NCAA now? Yeah, digital reporter, analyst, and host for NCAA. Um, one of the national voices in college basketball. He says, Keontae Johnson just came through our NBA TV room and said he will know next week if he's been medically cleared. His plan is to stay in the draft and not go back to K-State. He's here in Chicago doing interviews and medical evaluations. Uh, he was not able to go through like the scrimmaging that was happening because he, he had not been medically cleared here yet. Uh, is it fair enough to say that like the, the whole situation seems to be, hey, if he can get cleared, he's just going to go through the draft process and begin his professional career. If he can't, then there would be a decent shot that he returns to K-State, kind of hinging on all that right now. Yeah, I, I, that's how... You know, him mapping it out that way, I would probably just go along with what he said. I haven't heard a lot of details on how it's unfolding or I'm not really behind the scenes um, with that, the way that AD Katz at least temporarily was. But I'd imagine it's that's probably the game plan. I think it always was. Um, I think he looked for a shot last year. Kansas State was the school that gave him a shot because he still had dreams of playing in the NBA and he needed to prove himself again. Hard to deny what he did on the court. 
all Big 12, nearly Big 12 player of the year, All-American, took Kansas State to the Elite Eight. I think he's trying to parlay that into an NBA career, which I would too. And if all goes right from a from a medical uh, standpoint, I yeah I don't know why he wouldn't stay in the draft. Now, if for some reason that doesn't go his way, then I think that's the route, the avenue, so to speak, of of a potential return. But even if he's not um, cleared. I don't know that it's a slam dunk that he would go back to Kansas State. He could still, I think, explore a professional route, even if it's overseas at that point. Well, it's a, it's a, I mean, pardon the language, it's just a shitty situation to be in where it's like, hey, I mean, if he comes back, it's going to be because he gets really devastating news for his career. Uh, I mean, that would, that would, that would suck. And I, I don't know, I have no real idea what the, medical evaluation process is like at the NBA level versus the college level. But we do know, I mean, a part of the reason he wound up at K-State is because not everywhere was willing to actually clear him to play. So there does seem to still be some dispute. And when you're talking about the NBA, you're talking about somebody who's going to be investing, you know, seven figures, six, seven figures in him. And so that's, I, I presume, why people would assume that the NBA process would be a little bit more rigorous there. Do I have that assumption correct? Your guess is as good as mine on that because I've always, I guess I just look at it from my perspective, which is probably a little bit skewed. It's it's weird for me that, you know, Kansas State would clear them and take on that liability, but a big, you know, what do you want to call it, organization, you know, like the NBA is unwilling to do so. Um, the consistency or lack thereof there um, kind of perplexes me, but... I'm not a billionaire running a billion dollar business. So maybe, maybe you do. Maybe you have more uh <laughs> more more insight on how that that goes. No, I mean I don't. I don't I don't know much about the NBA at all, but I I was I was just like a little surprised with all that. I was assuming he would be participating in the combine and I just thought that yeah. stuff was was already taken care of, but the way that this has started to play out, it, it looks like that is kind of the situation there. I mean, I will say this, I, the way the staff has handled wings in the portal, which is not really entertaining many at all, even though it seemed like there were guys that they could have had a shot, you know, what was the Tyson kid from Texas Tech who wound up going to Cal? I mean, it didn't seem like they really moved on that at all. So I, the way that they are operating in the portal, it seems like they still believe that there's at least a somewhat viable chance that Keontae would wind up back. Well, I think it's greater than zero. I just don't know how much greater than zero. And and speaking to Jerome Tang, um, would have been on Wednesday, um, Wednesday morning in Salina, it's part of the Cadbacker tour. It seemed like their approach, like for the rest of the way on these three spots, was a guard, a big, and best player available. So um, whether that's a wing or not, I, that's that's just not something they honed in on from a specific standpoint. I don't. I mean, we're not on the staff. We could only take in what they're telling us, but it just doesn't seem like that's like tremendously high on the priority list for, for one reason or another. Yeah. Okay. Well, Marquise Noel would be great if he could get drafted, find a spot in the league, uh, just to continue to give K-State some publicity. Great ambassador. Obviously a wonderful story. Everybody is rooting for him. Seemed like he had a great day at the G League Combine. Uh, he certainly was hitting the highlight reels all over the place. I, I do think I read he had like, five turnovers or something too. So it seemed like a pretty, you know, par for the course sort of Marquise Noel performance. Lots of threes. He had the 
three and turn away Steph Curry thing going a couple of times. He threw just some dazzling passes. I mean, looked great. A lot of those who were in attendance really raved about his actual performance there. Um, but then he doesn't get, there were like eight guys, I think, that got the invite from the G League Combine to the actual NBA Combine. He was not on that list. And I mean, I think there's basically one reason why. It's the fact that he measured like five, six, and three quarters, I believe it was, at the at the G League Combine. So it may just be a height thing for him. I think he's probably going to have to just earn his way in with, you know, some sort of uh, undrafted opportunity. But I, I mean, I still believe that the guy has enough to at least get a cup of coffee in the league. I mean, I'm not saying he's going to be a, a regular in the league, but I'm I'm done doubting him, man. I'm done doubting him on whatever it is that he's wanting to do, and I'm sure this is just going to light that fire under him even more. Yeah, I'm done doubting him too, but you alluded to it. Basically, that told me that it didn't matter what he did. He could have been the best player in basketball that we've ever seen on those two days, and there was nothing that he could have done that would have grabbed an invite. They just said, Oh, that's awesome. You tore everybody up, but you're five foot six, so you're not invited to the NBA draft combine. I mean, that's what it was, right? He he yeah. was he, I mean, he was he dazzled everyone. He was tremendous. Might have been the best performance out of everyone during the scrimmages, and it didn't matter. They still didn't invite him. So Yeah, I mean it's tough, man. My heart kind of breaks for him on that, but Lord knows that will just that will just get into him even more. That's going to get into him and, and inspire him even more. So I mean, I'll be excited to see how all that all that plays out. Um, I mean, it's understandable with the hype, but it's not totally unprecedented. I mean, how, how freaking tall was looking up Nate Robinson? Right now. Yeah. I will say the league's a lot different. Okay, the league the league is a lot different now. I will say that um, he's probably not going to be able to do much near the basket at all, even if he does penetrate. Although he could penetrate to create for others, and defensively is where he would probably be at tremendous odds in the NBA. I'm not sure there's a whole lot that he can defend. How dare you, Dy? Hard over uh, height. Hard over height. Damn it! I screwed up his own catchphrase. Height hard over, over height. height. Come on. Sorry. <laughs> well, that's what the NBA says. The NBA <laughs> said right now that it is height over heart, but we know that that's. That's messed up, man. That's not how this thing goes. So, uh, D.Y., when he's out there dunking on people in the NBA, I'll, uh, I'll remember this conversation, okay? He, did we ever see him dunk the ball at K-State? I, I don't think so. No, I don't I don't think that we did. But I saw him. He had a 39-inch Max Burt at the convite, which wasn't that one bad. Yeah, I think it was the second highest. So, again, nothing mattered. Well, because that, that's, that, that's supposed to be one of the knocks against him, too, is that he's not, like, overly athletic, right? And then I saw that vertical and i was like damn man i don't know that seems pretty I, good i don't know that people think he's that overly athletic um, i heard someone i heard an nba draft guy on local radio the other day say oh that. you better listen to a different one okay that was i just caught that and i was like i mean i don't know that seems really fair for marquise but hey man wishing him all the best wishing him all the best uh any any closing thoughts here dy on uh on k-state hoops since that is predominantly what we discussed here I but you don't have to do it, but I will give you my approach. Even though we're sitting here at May seventeenth, they've only added one player. They had four open spots. Now they have three. Is I am reserving judgment until we know what they have accomplished because I'd hate to do once again count them out and them to prove me wrong again because that's likely what would happen. Well, I'm not counting them out. I'm not counting them out, but I will also say that I am. 
I'm a, I'm 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 a little antsy, little antsy, but definitely not doubting them or counting them out. So uh, we shall see. But hopefully that will uh, put concerns to rest at least a little bit for everybody out there. Uh, I would say trust the process, but uh, you know how things are going in Philly these days. I don't think I should be stealing that one anymore. Look at that. I know I know a little bit about the NBA. I know a little bit about the NBA. Good little. What I know about the NBA is like everyone that narrowly missed the finals got fired. <laughs> That seems to be the deal in the NBA these days, man. People, who didn't was it the Raptors coach who got fired after being coach of the year a couple of years ago? Nick Nurse, he got fired. Uh, Monty Williams took Phoenix pretty far. He got fired. The Bucks, they fired their coach. No, he got fired. Coach. Yeah, the Bucks had the best record in the East and fired their coach. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Tough. Tough gig, man. Tough gig. All right. Uh, appreciate Holiday Distillery helping bring you the pod. As always, make sure you get your 360 vodka, your Ben Holiday bottled in Von Bourbon. We appreciate them. We appreciate Jordan Foote uh, keeping us on on the ones and twos in the background as well. We appreciate uh, Cole Manbeck, who is enjoying a Mai Tai and a luau right now in Maui. Uh, so thank you to everybody. Thanks for listening to the pod. We will talk to you again soon. Take Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard and think others would as well. You can find all six of our channels at KCSN. Covering the Chiefs, the Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current. Plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou. By searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.